I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. 
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey idiots, welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance mostly by asking ignorant questions with me, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm your host, I'm a comedian, I'm a fucking idiot, aren't we all sometimes about some things? That's the whole point, right? Uh, you guys, oh my god, um, big news, this is the 70th episode, happy 70 episodes everyone. If you've been here the whole time, thanks for riding out the journey with me, if you're new, if you've been here a little while, uh, thanks for being a part of it, I appreciate it. Um, if you are new and you haven't left a review, or if you're old and you haven't left a review, how dare you? Uh, subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. Um, helps other people find it, and then we can get to their ignorant questions. Thanks so much for those. I have a couple new ones I need to go read. I am very appreciative of your support. Um, shout out to Best Idiots Forever, Gene and Kathy. Hooray, you guys. I'm pretty excited, by the way. That's a Patreon reference. I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash ignoranceisblessed. All one word, no hashtag, no spaces, no weird underscores. Um, you can get monthly postcards from me, from my travels. Um, they're going in the mail today. And um, at a certain level, you get merchandise, which... Um, in theory, I regret because it's just added extra stress to me, but so is the whole thing. But I'm also so grateful to get to know people who are super fans at a higher, like closer level. It's like my real life friends all on the internet and, and they, and like at shows sometimes I've hung out with some of you guys and it's so fucking cool. Um, anyways, this month's gift is, um, it's a weekly planner, weekly, monthly planner to get organized for the new year, but I'm calling it a planifesto. <laughs> it's just black and white. The front just says in huge, bold font, this is definitely not a manifesto or plans for world domination. Uh, and then on the back, it has the closing quote of the podcast, which you will hear at the end of this podcast. Um, and it has an attribution to me, but it says Jessica Michelle Singleton, comma, idiot. Um, because just so we're clear, I don't actually think of any of you as idiots, really. And I sometimes think that maybe that's just a silly way to greet all of you. Uh, we're all on the same level. We're all equal idiots here. Um, and uh, I'm just trying to learn. I'm curious. And I'm glad you're along uh, with me for this curiosity roller coaster I seem to be taking us on. Uh, anyway, thank you to new patrons. Thank you to new listeners, subscribers. Um, if you want to see where I'm going to be, I'm in LA the rest of the year, jmscomedy.com slash shows, but I will be in Portland at uh, Helium Comedy Club January 11th or the 13th, I think. I'm going with Steve Ranazizi from the league on FX. That will be fun. I will be, yeah, 11th through 13th, I believe. Um, the week after, I'm going to be on the road with Nicole Amy Schreiber, my dearest beloved, um, who you know from here and um, from any of my social media, if you follow me pretty much, because we are uh, practically glued together at the hip sometimes when I'm around, when she's around. Uh, anyways, she's coming on the road with me. We're going to do a couple of casino gigs in New Mexico. And then uh, on the 15th, we will be in the Phoenix area, Stir Crazy Comedy Club uh, in Glendale, which is... I, I don't know. I guess sort of like a suburb outside of Phoenix. Um, anyway, that'll be at 7 p.m. 
7 p.m. Yeah. Uh, come. Come see us. It's going to be fun. I haven't been back to Phoenix in a while. Uh, and pe- people have been asking, so don't fucking let me down, Phoenix. Uh, I would love to see you. Um, other than that, let's get to the episode, you guys. This is a big one. Um, I had interviewed... Uh, I'm, I'm putting this one ahead of the last the podcast that I actually did recorded before this, uh, which is an interview with a comedy club owner, which is very interesting. But since it's the 70th episode, I feel like we got to do something special. And I interviewed my brother again. It's been, for those of you who have been following, uh, a year and a half since he overdosed in the hospital. He was not doing well. Um, and uh, we talk about where he's at, where he uh, wants to be, the progress he's made, where, you know, where his goals are. And it's just, uh, I think it's nice for the holidays. It's heartwarming. Uh, uh, he seems to be on a good track. And I'm very hopeful that uh, he stays that way. You know, which is really all you can do. Hope for the best and love someone regardless. Anyway, enough about me. The conversation, I think, was a good one. I hope you enjoy it. Let me know what you like. Let me know uh, if I missed anything that you want to know. Because, you know, for now, he's always accessible. Uh, Yeah, here it is. Uh, My brother, Tom. (coughs) Hey, idiot. (coughs) Hey, uh, idiots. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm dying slowly, aren't we all? Cue the Anchorman quotes. Um, hey, idiots. I'm here with my brother, Tom. He's back. He's better than ever. Or better than the one time when I interviewed him when he was objectively at the worst point in his life. <laughs> also fat now. <clears throat> He's not fat. He is a healthy size, and I fat shamed him for being a normal sized person because he was a sick person, <laughs> and he will not let it go. <clears throat> I'm fat. That's right. I fat shamed him. It's okay. So the internet's going to get mad at me now. Hold no, they're on. not. You guys, I have been fine this entire time, and then as soon as I turn on the microphones, I'm choking to death. All right. <sighs> Let's get into it. That was what? Like almost a year and a half ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. So... The last my listeners heard from you, you were in the hospital. Yeah. Um, Except that one guy. And you called mom and he was like, Hi. Oh, you guys, I <laughs> did a Patreon. My very first, <laughs> I don't know if I've talked about this, my Patreon um, Google Hangs. I didn't really know what I was doing when I offered that as a thing because I don't know how to use Google Hang. <clears throat> so, good Lord, I'm so sorry for all the coughing. Hang on. Get it out. Um, so I set it up. It's supposed to just be like, I think what we do now is like, I'm just on a video and people have the option if they want to like turn their camera on, they can, but most people just like type and talk and I just answer questions and we chat and whatever. But like, it was a group thing, but I just started it and my mom was on my Patreon. She's like a patron. So it called the phone number she had listed, but that phone, she, she had got a new phone and given that to my brother when he went to stay with them in Korea, which I guess we'll talk about a little. Yeah. Um, so my brother answers the phone, and at that point, it was just one other patron on the line. So he answers the phone, and it's just he's in a video chat, and all he sees is me and just some strange man. <laughs> as far as like he knows, he's like, what's happening? It's like high school all over again. Oh, God. <laughs> <clears throat> That's not true. Guys didn't talk to me in high school. Um, um, all right, let's get into it, because I'm not going to stop choking, I guess. Let's do it. So, um, do you remember how long you were in the hospital? Ooh, like three months. Three months. Three months. And then when you left the hospital, 
Were you actually like ready to leave the hospital or were they just like, your insurance is up, bitch, you're out? Oh, I don't have insurance. I have a fucking bitty big bill looming over me. <laughs> oh, so you're just like <laughs> hiding out from a hospital bill? No, no, I'm not hiding out. The lady there, she's super nice. Her name's Penny, if you listen in, Penny. I highly doubt you will, but anyway. She's super nice and she's trying to get me to like get disability, which I got denied for. That's a whole nother story. Really? Yeah. You weren't disabled enough? I guess not. Like they sent me to a physical examination and the guy's like, I don't know why you're here. I bone doctor. He's English is his probably second language. I bone doctor. Yeah. He's like, you know, bone. I was like, no bone. No, just muscle. He's like, oh, you lift weights, walk. You'll be okay. Oh, shake. Walk it off, buddy. Walk it off. (laughs) Ah, the American medical system. (laughs) Walk it off. Okay. So like what was when you left the hospital? First of all, like what was the condition of your body? Um, It was I don't know. It was, it was safe enough to let the hospital let me leave without incurring any like. Did you have to have like a routine, like as far as like, because you still had some like open wounds, right? Yeah, no, the one on my bottom was. You booted. Yeah, my, my non existent ass they took. They took wasn't. a cheek. I didn't have one. But yeah, no, they had a nurse come. It was started off at three times a week and then she came twice a week and then once a week. To Just like to what? Change the dressing and the like, dressing. I had a wound vac. Like, so it was like this big vacuum thing. That yeah, what is a wound back? Like a purse. It's like a purse type deal, but it has like a suction thing and a little canister that sucks up all the, you know, shit Gunk? that leaks out of your wound. So it was like going into your butt? You had a purse going into Kinda, your butt? It was more like a like a suction cup type deal with a hose attached to it. And as long as it was sealed, it would like suck out all the nasty and put How it in How do they do container. that without sucking out like your tissue i don't think i think it was healed up enough i'm not a doctor but like i think what (laughs) shocking i think it was healed up enough to where they were like okay well you know none of his muscle fiber is going to go and i think we're going to be okay here we're just they just want to make sure you're not going to fucking sue them that's all they care about yeah they're like we don't actually care if you get we just want you to get well enough that we can be blamed Yeah, they're like oh he's fine oh jesus yeah it was cool um the nurse was nice was that painful yeah it was painful i mean they give you like that you go from leaving the hospital where they're giving you like IV morphine or Dilaudid, which I mean for an addict is probably not that great, but I mean they do but it. But also anyway. is like heaven, yeah, and they need it, and you need it. So like they're like, look, man, we're gonna give you some morphine. So the day, two days before I got out, this dude was changing my dressing, and uh, he fucked up, and like I was in a lot of pain, and he felt really bad. So another doctor came in to change it. And they gave me like a double dose of Dilaudid. And then the next day, he was like probably the gayest person I've met until recently, which was Matt O. Oh, um, on our cruise, yeah, our family cruise. great, awesome. But anyway, he came in with a big thing of like whey protein that he bought from GNC. So was, funny because I live in West Hollywood. It's just so funny to me that that was the most innocent. Like, I just have never met anyone that gay. Yeah, no, I was, <laughs> he was super gay. And he was like, I'm so sorry. And he gave me a big thing of whey protein. He's like, you drink this three times a day, you will get fatter. And I was like, oh, yeah. And apparently it worked. <laughs> Did Were you drinking it? Yeah, I drank it. I, I took it home from the hospital with me. I you think. needed a bulk up, man. Yeah. You were like... You looked like a skeleton with skin on it. I did. I was bad. I was like skinny little bitch before, but like when I yeah, got Yeah, you were always like, a skinny dude, but like that was like, holy shit. Yeah, it was like a skeleton. It was bad. I was like, are we sure he's not dead? Yeah, I saw I saw <laughs> pictures of myself like the year thing on my little Facebook. Oh, God. Popped up and I was like, oh, God, I had like the fucking ports in my neck for the dialysis. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Jesus, look at me. I look so helpless and sad. I'm like, please. And you like had a crusty beard. It was like splotchy. Oh, it was so Because you have like the blonde guy beard where it's like, A, it's blonde, but like was grown in and splotchy. Yeah, it's like, you know, and I'm, you're like, I'm feeling better. And I was like. 
like, well, you don't look you any look better, like but death. I'm not going to say that on this photo just, you just posted. It just grows in all white trashy like that. It's in my DNA. Come Probably on, is. Saying. It is. We'll find out. 23 and me. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Found out I was 25% trash can. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah, the families, I think they're worried. They're like, what if, what if we're Jewish? Yeah, d- yesterday, okay, so you guys, like, back back up, or backstory on this. Um, so I've probably talked about my 23 and me a little on the podcast, but there were, for, like, a birthday Christmas thing, I asked my mom and brother if they would want to do it so they could see their, like, heritage and stuff and, like, relatives. And they both said yes. <clears throat> so they did it. And we're still waiting the results, but, like, yesterday, wasn't that weird? Terry's like, do you even want to know about that yeah. stuff, Tom? <laughs> I was like, yeah. And I'm like, you're not even in our blood family, our stepdad. It's like, what do you care? <laughs> What's just... the family going to do when they find out, like, they're Jewish? Because I, I knew, I found out I was Jewish, but mom's like, that must be from the other side. Like, I don't think so. I mean, it's like, your people? last name's Fink, and you guys are, like, they're, it, will ma- it would make so much sense for them to be Jewish. Yeah. Because I've always been like, our family acts like Italian or Jewish. Just very loud, funny. We have the blonde hair and blue eyes, so, I mean. I don't have blue eyes. No, you don't. I have Whoa. green eyes. Crazy. Whose kid are you? Who knows? <laughs> we'll find out soon. <laughs> I've been trying to find out for years. <laughs> I know it ain't that man who's called daddy. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Shit, I got sidetracked. How did we get on this? I don't know. Oh, because I said it's in your DNA. Oh, yeah. Okay, so when you leave... So two days before you left, they gave you all that Dilaudid? Yeah, Dilaudid. 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 Oh, you said that your brain is diluted. Um, <laughs> sorry, you guys, by the way, I have a cough drop in because I'm disgusting. Um, when you left, did they? were you on like some dose of painkillers? Yeah, they, uh, oh, man. Like, was there a plan to wean you down or they just? I guess they just gave me a bottle with like. 35 milligram Oxycontins. And they're like, this is all you get. Yeah, they're like, this is what this is what it is, junkie. I was like, all right, yeah, that's cool. All right. And then they gave me Flexerol, which I've done Oxy in the past, and I've done Flexerol in the past recreationally. What is Flexerol? It's just like a anti, it's like a muscle relaxer. It's, so you've it's, recreationally it's done relaxer. both of those. Yeah. And Flexerol makes you sleep like a goddamn baby. And opiates my brain's just wired weird so like i'm alert and awake on opiates so oh so when you do opiates you're like up is it like is it like an upper for you yeah it's like an upper for me like it doesn't make like most people fall down drool on themselves not me i want to like clean the house and like run a marathon oh i mean my brain's just wired that way so it's it's that's interesting. interesting but they gave me those and i mean i took them i threw the last ones in the like in the toilet like yeah. The last five. Yeah. I was like, you were just like, let me just go clean. Yeah, I, just, I don't want to cold do turkey anymore and shit. So I oh, that's that. good. Were you doing just one a day? Were you no, doing? No, it was like as needed for pain. Okay. Like I realized that I was taking like four or five a day some days just to fall asleep with the Flexerol. And you're and like, like, oh, this yeah, is going like, to be not going to be good. Yeah. So I flushed the last like probably five, four or five. I did, did you? Oh, man. Was that? How did that moment feel? It felt good, man. I was like, you know what, man? I'm all fucked up from like going out of the hospital and like I'm in, I'm in some pain. Like, I mean, I can't, I don't have, I don't have feeling in my legs still, but like. The full leg? Yeah, no, I can feel like my thigh, like right mid calf area, it gets a little numb. And so also I didn't realize my ankle was all like fucking. Yeah, he had like a swollen foot on the cruise, probably just from like walking around on it. It was from walking around. But like, we all were like, what the fuck happened? He's like, I don't know. I didn't feel it. I was like, make sure you didn't step on something and cut yourself. 
and got an infection. But something. that was fine. And my doctor uncle, who's a nice man, he's like, I think it's just from your overuse. You're going to be fine. Walk it off. Yeah. Walk it off. That's what they teach you in medical school. Medical school. Walk it off. You'll be good. First step is tell them to walk it off. And then if they come back, try to diagnose it. Yeah, definitely. So. Tell them it's in their brain. Um, <laughs> and that they're crazy. It's all an illusion. Did you go through? Withdrawal? Withdrawal? No. It was such a low dose. I mean, they were like. You were already like, had yeah, been weaned off from I'd laying in the like hospital, withdrew. basically. Yeah. And I, I mean, they give you like opiates in the hospital because of what like i went through with the surgeries and shit so i don't ever i've experienced dope sickness before like just being an addict but yeah like, it wasn't even like an iota of dope sickness coming off of like the stuff from the, the hospital, hospital. how yeah. long when you first got to the hospital because i know you don't really remember but like did somebody tell you do you have an estimate of like how many days you were kind of like fully out of it Ooh, no. Because I'm wondering if maybe like... Probably better than a week. Like I went through detox then. Like, yeah, you probably since you were... Yeah, so yeah. you don't even really like... That's probably like exactly what happened. I mean, they don't really tell you. They're like, oh, by the way, you're in acute withdrawal. They yeah. Don't, they don't kind of fill you in and that kind of stuff. So They're just I mean, like... Which is good. They're like, hey, you almost died, buddy. We saved you. And you're like, okay. They're like, look, you're, we're not going to tell you this now, but when you get out, you're going to fucking have a huge bill. Yeah. We don't want to stress you out, but... We will later when you're healthy enough to handle it. Living is more expensive than dying. Yeah. Oh God, it's so true. And then also, I mean, I have so many like not even conspiracy theories, but like about the American medical system and how it's like, yeah, no, like they don't want poor people to stay alive. No, they don't. I mean, they do if they have like a chance of getting a job, then they can. If you contribute to society and like give taxes, but like other than that, they're like, yeah, we don't really care if you don't have good health care. Like, just what is that quote from? Um, what's that Charles Dickens A Christmas Story? Well, if they're going to die, they might as well do it and decrease the surplus population. <laughs> that's, that's kind of where we're Ebenezer at. Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, that's basically where we are. Oh, my idol. Um, okay, so from that moment, because, so you came and lived, was it immediately you came? Yeah, I You're came. living with our aunts now. Yeah, I We have twin here. aunts like Patty and Selma from The Simpsons. <laughs> They're just... They're lovely people. They're the best. The death, man. They really are. They're um, the yeah, glue. they're angels. They're the glue that holds this crazy family together. My God, they are. <laughs> um, okay, so... Shit. What do I want to say? Okay, so when you first came here... Because, like, you kind of hadn't been, like, super close with the family for a few years. No, I, mean, I was, you know... You, know, you start Off, like living life as living a your wayward life. Yeah, just doing junky things. People are like, you know what? Maybe we'll keep our distance from, him. which is good for everybody involved. I think. Like, I mean, maybe it's hard. You never know what the right thing to do is because it's like it's different for everybody. Well, the instinct. It's like I think a lot of people do this, like denial, shut off, and like let me pretend that he's just living a good life and not worry about it. Or like people genuinely just thought you were doing your own thing. Yeah, I and mean, then also there's the like. You know, it's like you can want to help someone, but at the end of the day, they gotta want to help. Trying to stay first. like endlessly fixing someone, you can't. You can't, you can't fix do somebody that. else. You're gonna run yourself in the ground doing that. Yeah, that's codependence. Yeah, the and person like has to want to get to better. Get better. I mean, otherwise, it's just you can send them to the nicest rehabs, or you can do all this therapy. And the bottom line, at the end of the day, if they don't want to get sober or clean or change their life around, you're just not gonna be able to do it. Like it's sad, but it's the truth. Like yeah, it's like you almost have to let go of like you just have to like. I mean, I have come to the realization, which is like people, like all you can do, like the best you can do for someone is like meet them where they're at and accept them and, you know, like love them regardless and be like, I love you. And, you know, you can want them to get clean and let them know you're there to support them when they're ready to do that. But you just have to 
accept them for who they are. You do. And that's, that's a personal choice. Like if you don't want to get clean or whatever, if you're having trouble, like just do it, man. Just try it. I mean, fuck, obviously like it's something that you might want to give it a go. If you're like, my life is fucking terrible. That's why I do drugs. Just try going, going sober for a little bit. See how you like it. You know, just the tip. You don't have to dive in right away. Well, do you, well, how was it for you? So you were like totally clean. Were you drinking or smoking or anything? I mean, cigarettes sometimes, but not when I first got out. I wasn't smoking cigarettes. The girls were kind of like on lockdown, right? They're like yeah. nothing in the house. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was clean. Like I've been clean since we got out. I went to Korea with my mom and I tried soju. Don't do it. It makes you poop a lot. <laughs> but I mean, I didn't. Other like- guests of the show, Dulce Slow would say, Sloan would would argue that that was your fault and there's something it wrong with you. Probably was because I hadn't drank in a long time and I was like, well, I mean, you probably did you try? You probably tried to like drink, drink. No, no, I got like a bottle of it and I was like, okay. Yeah, that's like a hard it's, liquor. Yeah, it's it's super, it's weird. Did you think it was like a wine? Yeah, I thought it was going to be like <laughs> a wine or like something like that. Or, and it wasn't. And I was like super hammered, super fast. And I was like, this is not how I like to feel. This is just not something that I want. Was that like, because did you drink a lot before? Like before I went to the hospital? Yeah. Yeah. You drank all the time. So like that was like a normal feeling. Yeah. And I was like, after you don't drink for a while, like, and you drink again, you're like, man. Oh, this sucks. Yeah. You're like, this is terrible. And then you wake up and you feel like shit for it. And you're like, why did I live like this? What the fuck? I mean, well, if you're like an alcoholic, it doesn't. It's the reverse. Like, if you don't drink, you feel bad because you're going into DT. Like, well, if you're constantly drinking, yeah. yeah. If you're a chronic alcoholic and you're constantly drinking, you feel bad without the hooch. But, like, when you don't drink and then you put it in, you're like, oh, well, this is fucking poison. Jesus (laughs) Christ. So, was that kind of the moment that you were, because I know you, like, don't even drink now. Was after that you were like, you know what? I'm not even going to. Yeah, I was like, it's not worth it, man. I don't want to just feel like this. It's just a terrible feeling. You feel like shit for a day and a half and you feel great for, like, Maybe an hour, maybe however long you can stay awake. Yeah, and then you're like, it's not like you enjoy that feeling for a prolonged... No, you don't. There's no prolonged happiness in alcohol or drugs. It's just a temporary fix to a much larger problem. Which is completely unsolvable. It is. It makes makes that fucking, like, that problem just so So much much more worse. Amplifies it. It's terrible. Did you, did you, and have you tried any type of, um like sobriety what am i trying to say like 12 step programs or like different things i've went to a couple of meetings but i mean i don't know i just, i don't really think it's for me i think like this self evaluation is probably a lot more like cohesive to what i'm trying to do to stay sober like yeah. you got to fix self cuz if you're just going around like a lot of people go to AA and stuff for like the camaraderie or the fellowship. Like, I mean, yeah. people talk about a lot about fellowship, which is great. And like, I may, I may try that just to have people like that I can hang around with. But I mean, I can hang around people that are drinking, and it doesn't really bother me. It doesn't. You no. don't go like. I'm not like, oh god, I, I want should. that. I don't yeah. want that because usually they're like fucking. They don't remember your name, and when you're sober, you recognize it square away. They you're don't like, remember oh. your name, and they start telling you the same story they told you. Like I noticed on the cruise a lot. Like this lady, she's very tall, French good looking she was like oh she kept calling me fucking simon and i introduced myself like eight fucking times there and she kept calling me simon and i was I simon didn't, i didn't correct her or something i didn't correct her anymore I did you're it like twice. whatever i was like fucking i'm simon now she thinks i'm simon she's gonna be like i met this nice boy on the cruise his name is simon he's he's a sagittarius one walks on the beach doesn't drink has a dog i think i might have told her i had a dog just to get out of like you so know. you still lie in your sobriety i don't i mean shit man fuck you got to sometimes. Sometimes people are annoying and you know, be like, look, bitch, you're fucking annoying. Go away, drunkie. 
<laughs> you don't want to do that. You want to just let them down. It's easy. so interesting. Yeah. Being the sober person and going like, it oh, is. God, was I like that? That was me. You're like, is, was, that, was that me? Was yeah, me? that was yeah. you. It was. I was probably way louder and like way more like, fucking booze it, man. <laughs> so, I mean, good times. Were you drinking and doing drugs? Like, was that like a direct, do you feel like you were directly using it as a coping mechanism or was it just like a thing you had done for so long? I think eventually you felt like like part of your identity. It becomes, it's a coping mechanism in any shape or form of drug addiction. Yeah. Just because you don't want to feel like certain feelings or like you don't like the way things are going or you You don't like the way reality is. Yeah. So you try to augment it any way you can, whether it's alcohol or drugs or I mean, there's a thousand ways to do it. Some people do it with food. Some people do it with sex. I mean, you just want that like, chemical release because in your brain like your brain releases these chemicals like dopamine yeah and it's all the same you can get it doing things people can get it running like runners get it from a running high yeah people say that i ran a marathon and it never hit and i was pissed <laughs> i was so that's supposed to be i high. was like when do i get high <laughs> <laughs> people say you can do, i've never achieved it either maybe once but it was long ago in a galaxy far away i don't remember <laughs> it so oh man yeah that's interesting too because it's like well Theoretically, they're changing brain chemistry with like prescription antidepressants and stuff. Yeah, and I mean, it does change your brain's chemistry, but you can change your brain's chemistry just by doing natural things. Yeah, like what? You can do like working out, stretching, yoga. I mean, there's things you can do. Like, I don't go to the yogi pond. I mean, I've been there once or twice, but it's really But it's right around the corner. To look at butts. That's just me, though. But. (laughs) I mean, that's I, my new drug looking at butts no, it doesn't suffice but I mean, <laughs> then you're like i want to touch them and then you know then it gets creepy real fast <laughs> and you're like i just maybe need to i'm just gonna stay home now i'm gonna walk i'm gonna walk back to I'm the walk it off. i'm gonna walk it off i'm gonna go stare out at, at the pool think about my life yeah and just analyze some shit be like why am i like this do you have so do you have new things you do uh yeah, I mean I wake up and I like I have a cup of coffee, I stretch. I mean, I go for a walk. I put these ankle weights on cuz the 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 no angle doctor, he was like, "It probably help if you you're fine. Walk with the weights. You do the <laughs> exercise, you'll be fine." I was like, "I'll be fine." Okay. That's you're a good. doctor, right? I should listen to you. Don't don't just listen to doctors aimlessly. People just, you know, just Yeah, no, lie. like consider get a second opinion. Consider yeah. things. Use critical thinking. For real. The doctor's like, you need these pills. Be like, man, does a pharmaceutical company pay you to say that shit? Oh, yeah. Do. My doctor didn't even know. My rheumatologist originally didn't even know about like like naturopathic, like the autoimmune protocol diet. She's like, what's that? And I was like, you, you're a rheumatologist. You should like at least be aware that there's, that there's foods. there's that. <laughs> that are- it's not just here, take these drugs. I say this and I'm like, but I haven't left her because she's nice. Because <laughs> she's She asks nice. about my comedy. <laughs> she sends a Christmas card. She's a swell gal. Um... She doesn't think I'm crazy, uh, so that's good. Does she know you? Mm-hmm. I mean, only in the context of my... Only rheumat- until my insurance arthritis. runs out. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, fuck out of here, you psycho. Yeah, get out. Um, So, like, right now, where are you at? Like, as far as... So, you're still living with the ants. Yeah. What's the plan like where like what's your what's your recovery at now a job is the next is the plan like uh because before what were you doing for like work besides you know just cooking drug like smuggling in a a restaurant food people not like cooking crack or like methamphetamines i was actually cooking yeah so i mean that and just like physical like stuff you know lawn maintenance yeah because i know you did like some like manual labor do you think 
You're fine to do that now. You've I mean, recovered. yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know. Ladders and me are still not on the best of terms. Yeah. So I've climbed a ladder recently, maybe like. And you're like, a month I ago. don't know if my. Yeah, no, just like my equilibrium is still kind of off, and like so, like I notice it when I walk around and I try to look up at a plane because I live near an airport, and I'm like, I get a little, I'm a little wavy now because we just got off a fucking boat for seven days, but yeah. So, but I, I mean, feel like I'm on the boat before. Yeah, for beforehand, like we went to a Bucks game. I was on the cane, so it was pretty. It was like three months after I got out. I think it was before I went to Korea. Yeah. And we went and I was walking up the stairs after going to the bathroom. And I was like, all right, I had the cane. I had the handrail. And then Aunt Margaret was like, oh, look, look, there's skydivers. And I turned to look and I was like, everything got like. Black? No, it got like spinny like I'd been drinking all day. Whoa. Yeah, I was like, oh, nope, nope. She's like, you didn't even see the, the guys there. I was like, I was trying not to fall down like. So, so it's like there's certain directions you turn your head that are yeah, like. So I think it's just an equilibrium problem. It's got a little bit better. Like it, it's gotten. It's, I imagine that probably compounds with. I mean, doing all those drugs, but also because when you were on like your side when they found you, right? Yeah, like, you I was were like, like on my right side, and that had a whole bunch. I mean, that's what fucked up your leg. Is yeah, that, like everything it like, had went. Down. Everything had just settled there. Like so, that's why they had to cut out the tissue and stuff because it was all like dead. Ugh. Um. Oh man. Woo. Yeah. Goodness. It was uh not the greatest time in my life. I'll tell you that. Was there when you first got out? Were you like worried that you were going to be on like a cane? Did that forever? Yeah. Well, I thought uh, initially I thought I was going to be on this walker thing forever, and then Shelby had a. F- this doesn't matter. <laughs> wedding. And I we went and stopped and got a cane, and I just used That's, that. So like a family member. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I, never mind. Do you want me to cut it out? No, no, no. You stopped and got a cane? Yeah, at the Walmart, and then I just used that. And it was like, it was pretty simple. To oh, you were on the walker up until then? And you were yeah. like, let me try to at least be on a cane yeah. so I'm not on the walker. Yeah. Was that more like that may vanity? Her, that may not have been her wedding, though. It might have been like before when we just went up there. Yeah. So. Um. How long were you on... So did you after that were you like I'm gonna switch to the cane? Yeah, I'm just gonna switch to the cane. I haven't used the walker since. How long were you on the walk or the cane? Ooh, uh, did I you use it in Korea? In Korea, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the most part, I was on it. And then I tried like just walking without it a couple times. Like there was a little underground station not far from where uh, Mom and Terry live, and I would just go there and I'd, I'd walk it without the cane some days and go down and get a coffee or whatever and just like hang out and listen to the Korean folks be Korean. Were there ever days where you're like? Where you'd get to the coffee and be like, yeah, I should have brought that cane. No. I mean, <laughs> like one time and it was really cold outside and I was just like, man, you know, it'd probably be easy to have this like crutch. Literally. Like, yeah, literally <laughs> to, like lean on, but it was fine. I mean, we went to the ice fishing festival. I didn't catch anything, but <clears throat> I had the cane there and like, I don't a know. Cane if that on helped. ice? Yeah, it was super bizarre. And plus my footing was still off. Like, I mean, I think I do better on it now. Yeah. Like, whereas I, if I was like, hole or like before i went to the hospital i would just like skate on it like you know just leave my feet like ice skates yeah we am having fun and instead you're like i'm gonna die yeah, i was like i think I'm why did you guys bring me here oh there's people going down left and right i mean like able-bodied people older people too mostly older which <laughs> just is just a bunch of old people falling yeah, down on the ice which was probably the best part about the trip it was cold i didn't catch any fish but i mean i had to hang out with mom and Terry, and that was cool we went to like the the rock soldiers were all there so it was like a big Jamboree in some town I can't pronounce in Korea. Ching Jong Bong. Yeah, I don't know. Yong Song. The hot chocolate tasted like that. I just realized that, like, that sounded like I was just being racist, but I was literally like, 
trying to like pronounce a town. Yeah, no, it's it's they have a lot of dongs there. I mean, yeah, they do. Um, downtown Seoul. Yeah. Um, what was it like? Because our parents, I'm sure I've talked about it in an episode, but our um, our mom and her stepdad, they met in a 12-step program. Like, they've been sober forever. And I know you're not supposed to, like, it's anonymous, but my mom literally checks into them on Facebook, so I don't care. Yeah, she um, What was it like having to go stay with them for a few months after um, after you, like, had this huge... Interesting. It, uh. was, it was cool. Like, I mean, I had a good time. I met, I would go to AA meetings with them. That's a unique experience going to AA meetings with your well because we used to get dragged there as kids well yeah but, we but now going play. as like a as like an alcohol like as an addict and an alcoholic you're sitting in a room and everybody's just like looking at you and wait like, like what's his story yeah what's up with you i didn't really share a lot like i think i shared like one time but there was some nice people there this a, a guy who asked to be terry sponsy he was fairly younger and like i mean he was all right we talk about mostly just shoes and stuff and sports <laughs> i mean i like shoes what did they ever um did they just sort of go like we're going to a meeting come with us or like did you guys ever talk about what happened uh no not really talk about it just kind of it, it is what it is like yeah we'd go to meetings and i mean they were they're pretty cool you meet like english-speaking people there which is really nice and a lot of the meetings they go to were like the newcomer meetings are like soldiers who had got caught doing something so they had to go to like recovery oh. meeting so they'd arrive on a big bus and like <laughs> from the treatment center on base and there's all the people that like mandatory meetings yeah and there was some really there was some some really fantastic people in there just like a young gay boy named paul he's uh, he's adorable i think he wasn't even legally old enough to drink and he celebrated his 21st birthday in the recovery program oh god had sent him to and he's like so i'm 21 and i'm not gonna be able to drink yes queen so, That's so I mean, funny. He was he was a good guy though. He's just really young and just you know he got caught doing something he shouldn't have done in the army or whatever branch of the service he was in, and they yeah. made him go to these meetings. meetings. That's so funny. Yeah, but they, I mean, I'm pretty certain they probably piss test him, and they probably have implemented programs to make sure you're not fucking off. Yeah, because they're like you're over here. Well, whatever you know. Yeah, we don't want you making America look bad. We do a great enough job of that on our own. Yeah, like keep that at home. Yeah, we don't need help. Yeah. <laughs> We don't need we don't need any more help. Do you think so like they never asked you about what really happened or like I mean, I don't really remember a whole lot of what happened. Like yeah. I mean, some of it. I went out after I was I worked, I got like a little bit of money from this dude and I went out to a bar and like was drinking, playing pool, you know, having a good time. And some dude was like, hey, man, I got some blow. I was like, okay, cool. And then it all, and it all went spiraled. Down. Yeah, it did. But, like, did they ever... So I guess not. Do you... So, like, do you think our parents were aware that you had a problem? Um, yeah. Or do you think it was, like... I'm totally sure they were aware I've had a problem. They got eyes, and, like, they were there for some of it. They know. Did they ever, like, say anything about it or just um, kind of? I mean, Terry's broached it. He's like, you know, you probably stopped drinking. I mean, Mom <laughs> was gone most of the time. But, like, I mean, they, they knew, and they're like, you know, when you when you come, there's always a seat for you. Like, uh, They would always bring it up. Yeah, they'd be like, you know, there's all, you can always I can't imagine because, like, they would mention it just because I was in college and would go to parties. And it's like... <laughs> Like, I would have a drink, and they'd be like, you know, it runs in the family. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does. Like, it does. But, I mean, I think just, it's not just the drinking. It's addiction in general. Yeah. just runs in our family. I don't know if you inherit that. I don't think there's, like, an addiction gene that... Yeah, what would you, do in your mind, like, in your 
humble uh, addict opinion. What do you think is the line like percentage wise of like nature versus nurture for something like that? Ooh, like, do I'd, you think like genetics versus like a learned thing? I'd give I'd give it a fair 60, 40. 60 to n- 60 genetics? genetics. Yeah. 60 genetics and 40 environment. Like, yeah. That's where I would put it. Like, because if you're around that stuff all the time. You have a choice, like if you you have a choice, but if it's in your genetics, you don't really have a choice. So I mean, I mean the addiction, you don't have a choice. But how do you feel about like? Do you think like if it's in your genetics, it's like okay, well, if you just don't ever start. Well, I mean, if it's I in don't your know. genetics, I think maybe you're in a better spot to not become an addict because you have all this influence around you from a very young age that you're seeing this and what it can do to families and people, just like turning people that you love and you're supposed to like, care for into like people you don't even fucking know. Yeah. So I mean, that's a big eye opener for people who grow up around it. But I mean, some people it doesn't help. I mean, yeah. Well, you know what's weird about that is that like. <clears throat> That's totally true. But then on the other hand, it's like if you grow up in a house with like alcoholics and addicts, which we did, it's the, I guess you go, okay, well, you, you can look at someone and go, well, that ruined, was ruining their life. I don't want to do that. But then also it's like, nobody taught me coping mechanisms. Yeah, no. So that's, that's what you go to and you go to what's comfortable and what you know every time when things get rough. That's exactly what you do. Yeah. You don't want to like, when shit's going rough and you're not having a good time, you're not like, oh, well, maybe I want to try this new thing. You go back to comfort. Everyone runs back to comfort. It's just human nature. It's in our Yeah, it's like what makes DNA, you. It's in us. Yeah, it's like what makes you feel. Better and you know it. And it's it's like your blankie when you're a kid. It, you know yeah. it. You know it's going to give you comfort. You know maybe it hasn't been washed in a year and a half or yeah. whatever, but you know it's going to be there for you and you know it's comforting. So that's something you could fall back on. But then in that you also get stuck in this like this is the only way this manifests in your brain is this is the only way that i can find comfort instead of branching out and trying new things new things you go like this is the this thing is i what do I got. this is what makes me yeah. do you hit certain points with stuff like that uh even with like cuz i don't know if you would go through if if you were like what i imagine mom was when she was not clean and sober i think that she would just like try anything just give it but did you have like preferences for drugs yeah like yeah. did you go through different periods of like different at this point drugs. in my life i was doing like a lot of this drug yeah yeah definitely. was was it just like what was available or was was there any aspect of what am i trying to it it was more was there like, like a point with different drugs where you're like this has stopped working like yeah. this no longer brings me comfort yeah there is is like, that when you would move on or when you're like something new yeah are you just like do more yeah you do more or you find something else like there's a progression when you're an addict where, you know, some things you start out smoking them. Like I started smoking heroin. Yeah. And then that wasn't really working anymore. So I tried snorting it and that wasn't really working anymore. So I moved on to like more powerful things. Yes, kids, there's more powerful things than heroin. What are they? Oxymorphone, hydromorphone. Love. <laughs> yeah. I mean, love is a really big drug. Love is it's, a drug. Yeah, it is. Really I mean, is. What else have you sucked a dick for? Yeah, so. for real. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I know some people who have another podcast. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, there's, I mean, you just run to what you know. And mm. like, f- unfortunately for me, that's what I knew would bring me comfort and like, you know, a little bit of happiness. Just, but when you're an addict, you, you're making a lot of problems for yourself and you don't realize and you're like, well, I'll, I'm just going to do this and it's going to make me feel happy so, so, just to get through the day just instead of the, fixing the bigger the problem. problem you wanna, you you're bearing it with solution. like getting rid of the, the, the feeling that it's causing. Yeah. And you want to suppress them way down deep where they belong. Were there points where you were like, I mean, I, I imagine like awareness isn't 
necessarily that easy when you're deep into an addiction. But were were there points where you were in the middle of you know doing drugs and you were like aware it wasn't working, but you're like, keep, did you where you would like keep using hoping that that feeling you used to get would come back yeah yeah because i do that with food yeah food is such a lame drug no it's not it's a (laughs) a a real addiction but it's like i hit a point where i was like oh are you eating shitty food used to make me at least like have this temporary spike of i feel better and now i'm like i don't even feel better yeah and you won't and that's it's the same thing with drugs i mean you either have to a do more or just find more powerful drugs, like, or just learn to cope with, yeah, or learn to fucking instead of trying to stuff your feelings deep down, just go like these feelings are, are normal, and I'm not weird for feeling them, and you just have to accept them where they are, and you'll like you not only will you like grow from not doing drugs, you'll grow as a person just realizing like some of these feelings are fucking dumb like you just worry about things that you shouldn't worry about you can't control other people places or things yeah. so there's no sense in putting a lot of stock or investing a lot of time into trying to do that like worrying so much about like what what's going to happen or yeah, like or what the could. things outside of your control yeah, there's only certain things you can control and the biggest thing you can control is fucking you yeah like you got this vessel and you have a chance like that's a lot more than some people get like, yeah so you got to learn to fucking Control your vessel, otherwise you're fucking driving all fucked up on drugs and alcohol, <laughs> just running a warpath into the grave, man. You don't want to. Were do that. you, man? So was a lot of. I probably already asked this, but do you think a lot of your use was like suppressing? Where was I trying to go with this? Okay, so as far as emotions, a lot. I mean, a lot of people use drugs, alcohol to like suppress emotions. Do you think was it? Were there emotions that you? We're trying to suppress that you felt like you were abnormal. Um, no, I or you just they abnormal. you just didn't want them. I just didn't want to have them. Like, or like I was in a relationship with someone, and I was like, well, this has obviously gone its course, but it was you know is what I knew at that moment in my life, and I was like, well, it's just easier to just you know stay act like I don't feel like I feel and just get high on drugs and pretend like that. I still care about this person who drives me absolutely fucking bananas. Yeah. But you know, instead of like do- making a change, yeah, instead of changing it, cause you know, you're like, well, this is, you get comfortable where you're at. You're like, well, this is okay. I can come home from work and I can deal with her shit for a couple hours and she goes to bed. Yeah. And, and change is scary. It does. Change is new and no one likes new. You just get like, it's like a blanket. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like that. Just like that blanket. Well, I think there's not enough. People don't get enough credit for we, we, I feel like, I don't know, maybe this is changing for like people who are having kids now, but I feel like we grew up and were socialized with this idea of relationships, this like fall in love forever. So when a relationship starts to fizzle, you like want to hold on to it because we have been conditioned to think that our relationship ending is a failure. So I I just feel like there's not enough credit for like the bravery of people who go like, I'm going to, I'm going to end this. I'm going to start something new and like, because it's hard. You're going to hurt somebody and it hurts. Even if you're the one who knows you need out and wants out, that's still painful. Yeah. You don't want to like hurt the other person or, I mean, sometimes people but you're like, but this isn't the, the best. I don't think so. I, I don't think, think people, people do. no, I think people are fucked up and they have terrible ways that like, they don't have good ways of handling their emotions. And so they end up hurting people. I believe that nobody has, bad intentions okay they just don't know i i believe that they're just like a like some people are just tornadoes and they don't know they're so overwhelmed by their own emotions that it like pours out to people around them and like they end up they end up hurting people for sure but i don't think anyone's like can't wait to hurt this person i i disagree i think there's a certain variety of person 
Are they on drugs and do you owe them money? <laughs> no. Sometimes. Sometimes. But, I mean, there's a certain variety of person, like your garden variety psychopath that might not want to, like, murder a small child. Well, like, When I think- you hurt them, they, they're scorned and they take it personally and then they make it, like, kind of their mission to just fuck your life up. Maybe. I think... I'm not saying it's a big part of the population. Yeah, no, I think that there, there maybe is, like, a small percentage of people who, yeah, for sure have, like psychological disorders yeah and they just they never dealt with it and then when you hurt them they're like i'm gonna fucking hurt you yeah even if you don't you don't do it you don't willingly hurt them like you're not meaning to but you're just like hey but they take it personally well that's why it's so important for people to learn that like almost nothing is personal no like when people go like like you know someone will say something i'm okay full disclosure i am taking a course in um cognitive behavioral therapy counseling but like like how to do it um, but yeah, I think that it was this interesting concept that they brought up in the class was that, um, like I cannot offend you no matter what I say, nothing. I am not in charge of you getting offended. You are. Yeah, definitely. So it's like you, it's like people need to learn so someone can say something and then it brings up emotions in you, but you need to learn, okay, why is this bringing up emotions in me? And that's part of like the growth of like just emotional development and trying to become more healthy as a person is like learning to recognize things that will bring up emotions and how to like figure out if that's a real thing or if it's, you know, from a past, whatever. And like, um, I don't know what the point of that was. I rambled (laughs) humble brag. Um, okay. So where you're at now, do you have moments where you're like, fuck, I want, to drink i want to do drugs do you ever have moments of um i mean sometimes but i mean like i did learn this in aa when i went with mom and terry very nice man named duncan he would it's always anonymous say, oh whatever his first name is duncan it's fine okay it's his not last a big name is mcleod he's the fucking highlander okay <laughs> so there he goes anonymous as gets it's not real but anyway <laughs> duncan would say you know he, he'd bring it up in a lot of aa meetings and it was the thing he latched onto when he's being sober and he said i gotta play the tape all the way through and just realize that if that temporary comfort is going to be there or is it going to fuck everything up and make it worse? Like, you yeah. Know? So that like 10 minutes or an hour or a day worth of, you know, comfort, is it going to bring like a fucking hurricane later on? Which in my case, most definitely. A hundred percent. It's going to bring a fucking tsunami. Yeah. Because <laughs> when I fucking do it, I go off the rails and then I don't stop until I almost die because that's just who I am. That's your stop. Go hard sign. or go home, kids. God, <laughs> everyone go home. Yeah, please. Um, wow. So, like, I imagine what well, you must because you're a human. Like, you still have moments where um, uncomfortable emotions come in. I do, but like, I've learned that like you, I, music in this. I don't think music gets enough credit as a drug, and it should. Even though oh, it's a coping mechanism, it's like it's a way to shut definitely off. Definitely a coping mechanism, but I mean, it can also make you feel things that like other drugs can't. Trust me, I've done a lot of drugs, okay? And usually they just suppress emotions. But if you're open to them, like music is probably one of the greatest things. It can open your eyes to like why maybe you feel that way, or if you're feeling that way, that it's okay to feel that way. Like it's okay to be sad, and it's okay yeah. to fucking be depressed. People get depressed all the time. Not every if anybody's happy all the time, they're on drugs. Okay? They're a psych. Okay. Are psychopaths? If they were happy, what are they going to do? Like buy people puppies? Like a psychopath kills people when they're unhappy. They're not. I like, think. Well, I don't know. There's no healthy psychopaths. They're like, you know what? You seem like you're having a bad day. Here's a dog. No, I don't think there are healthy psychopaths, but I think there are people who 
arguably could be psychopaths and nobody knows that they're unhealthy oh, because yeah. they're happy all the time. Definitely. Yeah, that's strange. Or like, they're outward. Yeah. Yeah, no, no happy. one should be happy all the time. I have a bit where I talk about that, but it's like, you're the real fucked up person. Yeah, no one I've ever met. Is but then there's that line of like, what is, you know, clinical depression versus, yeah, no, you're like, how many people are diagnosed with depression when what they should be diagnosed with is like acute awareness of the world around you. Yeah, I mean, and it's a shitty place it, sometimes. It is. It, it's unfair. And it's just, that's life, man. If you realize that and you have your eyes open going into that, then a lot of things, A, probably won't offend you that much. And B, it's not, doesn't feel like such a personal attack. Yeah, you're like, this is just. The way it this is, is. Just the way things are, and you just have to let the those feelings come and then pass. Yeah, and it's they will just, pass. Well, it's just learning to tread the water of going like knowing that. Here's what, because I'm at the point where because I've done a lot of meditation and like I work on myself pretty actively. So I've hit the point of like being aware that emotion, every emotion passes. So now, like yesterday, I had a bunch of anxiety, and I was like, okay, this is anxiety. It feels shitty, but it's not. I'm not going to feel like this for the rest of my life. No. Just have to like ride it out. But then it's like. Boy, knowing that doesn't make this feel any less shitty. No, it doesn't. But knowing it's going to pass is... But it's like treading water versus like drowning. Exactly. You start freaking out about some, you know, minor indiscrepancy. Or even if it's major, you start freaking out about it. All you're going to do is make it worse. Yeah. And then it's like, especially if you can't identify where the emotion's coming from, because I still think that's the thing I have to work on. It's like, are you going to take it out on someone who... Doesn't deserve it? Doesn't deserve it. Are you going to find the person who broke your heart and make them pay? Make them pay. (laughs) For real. I'm not a make them pay. Let go and um, move on. Live and learn and fucking get the fuck out. (laughs) Yeah. Just Just disappear. Sail away. (laughs) On to the next adventure. If you know that, then that's really helpful. Like dealing with just life in general like instead of like being like well i don't like this or i don't think things are going my way or i'm gonna be like this forever just going with you know what man you had a tough day dude chalk it up to fucking having a bad day and fucking get better and do it again tomorrow yeah it's just like all right get you fell down get back up yeah, for real what are you gonna do stay down walk it off walk it off <laughs> man walk it off and you can you can walk almost anything up i mean barring polio, i don't think you can walk physical up. Uh, injuries but yeah but emotional damage is is some people argue i don't think walking it off is actually the solution no it's, it's like, not but you just gotta like you gotta learn to deal with it and, well, and it's like you the, not you have to control you is yes the and, best way and also know that like things happen that will bring up unpleasant emotions but you have to let those emotions come up yeah you like do. you have to go like oh i'm gonna be like yeah it sucks that you're sad but you have to be sad for yeah, a little bit. Yeah, otherwise you know? you're going to stuff it deep down and then it's just going to turn into like full-blown, all-the-time depression. You're going to yeah. friend, which you don't want. Yeah, that's just like... deal with it or you're going to stuff it somewhere deep down and eventually that shit's going to erupt like a volcano and yeah. just fucking take you over. That's what uh, a therapist once said. It's like putting a Band-Aid on a volcano. Yeah. Um, and then it manifests in like deep emotional issues in super unhealthy ways of like yes and also like i um i've said this a million times but like i think it also comes out with your physical health too yeah. it's like i mean stress causes heart problems i really think that my autoimmune stuff stemmed from emotional suppression and i think i don't know i mean there's things as, as like people's back pain sometimes it's like actually that's yeah is that where you carry your your heartache or dismay is in your back or yeah because you, you, you tend to you don't even realize how much you're like holding like i have a weird theory like sh- they chakras they like a lot of people believe in chakras and like i believe that like some people just that's where their that's where their emotional pain goes it just yeah. you know it goes to your heart it goes to your back it goes to your feet or whatever and you're just not dealing with it and your body's like we gotta fucking do something with this yeah it's like causing chaos well that's why i've been trying to make a joke 
which I'm, I guess, now running in this episode. But like, uh, <laughs> well, no, about because I've been trying to joke about my autoimmune disease for a couple of years. But like, because uh, it's, you know, it's your own immune system yeah. attacking. So it's like, I'm trying to find a way to concisely say what, what autoimmune diseases come from, like, uh, years of going like no like everything's fine everything's fine everything right. and your cells are like it's not fine we're not Why okay you keep saying it's fine everything is really bad we're fucked up say we're that angry. it's really bad right just tell everyone now if you could like what yeah, if I'm that so was sorry, a superpower like you could harness your autoimmune disease and be like if you could just attack my like fat cells instead of my joints that'd be great yeah no but it's instead I'm constantly stressed so it releases cortisol and I create more problems for like yourself. visceral fat yeah you're like fucking god damn it man. the heart disease kind yay. Yeah, yay good times everybody loves a good heart disease but you know just just i gotta keep keep working on it meditating yoga all the froofy foofy stuff yeah which and work on yourself think works. like have like self yes also like stop yeah it's okay to like take a look at yourself that's yeah. that is what i think is a little bit of the benefit of like a 12-step program if that's not something you even because thought about once you start doing it, it seems i mean it's like Anything, you know, you know your colors, you know your shapes. It seems like common knowledge once it's in your brain. Know what's going on in your own head. But some people don't think, like, nobody told them to, like, make, evaluate yourself. Personal inventory. That's a big thing in Alcoholics Anonymous and NA. Yeah, well, and it's personal inventory. You don't have to be in a fucking 12 step program to make a personal inventory. Yeah, and it's hard to get past the ego to, like, look past yourself. The thing that your brain, your ego tries to protect you by, like, giving you this, like, cookie cutter version of yourself that you repeat in your head yeah and you're like no everything's good everything's fine when it's not and it's okay to not be okay yeah like right. it's okay to have moments where you're not great yeah I mean, where you're really bad even yeah, it's it's okay to fucking get depressed sometimes it's and it's okay to be sad but it's when you just like i don't want to say give up because that seems like such a trivial word but like it's when you just let all of that just implode on you and you're just like this is what i am i'm a sad angry bitch now yeah like you don't want well do that's that. the issue with not the issue. I think I had trouble with that. Now that I've started getting like emotionally healthier, I'm in like this like I weird identity crisis of like, who am I? Yeah, well, because I was sad for so long that like I didn't realize I had started to identify as just as a sad. sad. Girl, like, like it's like no, you are feeling sad, but I am not a sad person. Yeah. But like you attach to that. Emotion. Yeah, you're like that's because it's comfortable. Just that brings well, and us it's back like, to like your blanket. It's yeah. comfy and you know it. Yeah, well, it's like the same with uh, positive emotions, negative emotions. Like I think I think a lot of it is like learning to not attach. Yeah. To emotions is going like I'm feeling this. It is not who I am. Exactly, and that's where people get a line like skewed. I think they're like, well. I want to feel like this all the time. And you can't feel like that all the time. No, it's the same. It's the, uh, and I mean, this is what I learned when I did my 10-day Vipassana meditation course, silent yeah. meditation. But like, it's all about not attaching impermanence. But it's for positive and negative emotions. It's like, if you have a bad emotion come up, it's not being averse to it. Not The not pushing down. Not I'm not sad. It's like, no, I'm sad. It's happening. But the same thing with you know, happiness, feelings of elation, going, trying to chase that feeling. You can't. You, you just got to let it happen. Nope. It's there, have it, and then it's gonna go on. away. But like, you can't, you can't chase the dragon. No, you with can't. emotions either. You can't, and that's a lot of that's a big part of drug addiction is you're chasing this euphoria that you feel like the f- the first time. Like you never want to come down. Exactly, and that's I'm saying this, and I literally just high. tweeted about mushrooms and be like, <laughs> well, because there was a post about the FDA is. Uh, did you see this? By the no, way, I didn't. They are streamlining, like they're. 
fast pacing research on psilocybin mushrooms? psilocybin really? for treating depression i've been saying this shit for years oh man. me too you i want to get in touch with yourself man. i Go quote tweeted it i was like told y'all and then i was like count down until i disappear into the star to the star from whence i came forever and never come back <laughs> right where's jessica she's walking joshua tree she's been out there about 10 years well now. that was like a crisis i had the like second or third time i did mushrooms i've only done it three times i can't really? I just can't remember which time yeah oh. no but it's like I only want to do... I've done it four. And one okay. time I was in Vegas and I was like, this is bad. Because yeah, no. I want to be Sometimes in a desert alone. Alone. I don't want the... Big thing. Alone. You I've don't want stimulation dad. around you. Oh God, what a nightmare. It's super bad. But like the day after, I was like... Had that kind of shitty... You get like a mushroom hangover yeah. kind of... But I was trying to figure out like why I love them so much. And I realized that I was like... Because I have chronic pain. It, I had this like... Epiphany. I don't want to call it a horrifying moment. It was an epiphany. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh I'm damn. not in pain when I'm on mushrooms. Like, I didn't realize I was always in pain until that moment. And I was like, oh, my God, I all, I'm always in pain. Yeah. Whether it's emotional. But then I was like, ooh, that's a slippery slope. Yeah, and I have, it it's been like two years since I've done them because I was like, I will do them again. Oh, yeah. But I was like, uh, I don't know. But I mean, if they're doing research to so like... I'm curious what the long-term effects of like microdosing are, because that's what I worry about is becoming like a like an, a mushroom addict. Not even an addict, but like having it like permanently damage my brain. Okay, but I mean, there uh, there's research. They even did a fucking episode of House on it, where if you have, which if it's on House, it's true. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Lori totally a king. Remember when he found the tick in the woman's vagina? Yeah. Uh. But yeah, but <laughs> it, this was a episode of House, and this guy was having cluster headaches. And the thing that was helping him, and he's like, well, let's try psilocybin mushrooms. And they had, like, capsules. And, like, I've made these capsules before. Of course you have. Yeah, you just grind up the mushrooms. And you, and put, you put it in a pill. A gram in a pill, so you don't have to taste the mushrooms. You can just swallow it down. Someone like, you should might do even emotions. have them in their freezer. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, like, you keep them in your freezer, and then you just take one. Not when you're feeling down, but, like, when you feel like you're lost and don't know where to go or where your life's going. Or you, you know, you just come to a point where you're like, I've hit a wall, like, as a person, I think they're great for like spiritual, emotional growth. Yeah, they because really it's are. like it's deep in your brain. I think you already have all those answers, and this helps unlock them. What 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 it does? I what I think it does, and I'm not. This is not. I'm not saying anything that's revolutionary. I'm sure it's been said a million times in different ways, but like it, it makes you able to. It's sort of like clears out the junk around us that we're always the little things we focus on that aren't that important. Yeah. It like makes your mind go like expand into in a way that like you're able to have those thoughts more clearly. Yeah. Have you're able to focus on what's really important and it opens without the like, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. The little like everyday anxieties. It's gone when you're tripping your nuts off. Like you're just focused on like what's important. Like what, what am I like you get down to like the brass tacks as stupid as that sounds of your soul like, of like what does anything you know, really mean what, what is and what isn't and like, then you realize love is the answer and then you cry all the time <laughs> but it's like a therapeutic cry yeah one of those good <laughs> that's ones where, where i am like, anyway it's what i needed it's what i need i love you guys yeah so much um that's why it's important to do them alone because then you could like confess your love for something and then someone takes it personally so i've had this happen before like, oh no on a fucking crazy mushroom roll like been like you know what i just love life and like you guys and you and you and just like you know you go individually and be like, and they're this like is what I love. you said you loved me. yeah and then like a week later like hey remember when we were fucking frying nuts and you were like hey you love me and i was like okay first of all that was like a 
group setting and I, I meant like individually addressed everyone. When I said I love you, I meant like the universal you. Yes, like not just I, I meant you people. Yeah. Wait. What do you mean you people? <laughs> For real. But I mean it's a mushrooms I think uh is something that everyone should try at least once. Yeah. And just you know, like it's gonna fucking open some uncomfortable doors, like and it's gonna also maybe help you grow from those areas where you don't know what yeah, to do. Yeah, well, it's like, it helps you go into those yeah. uncomfortable emotions that you've been suppressing. Forever. And you're like, wow, man, this is some fucking... I love that I started this episode and now I'm like advocating like, everyone should try this drug. <laughs> For real. It's inside addiction. Like, yeah. yeah. Drugs. They're good. Um, and they're bad. That's what you said on the last... I don't know if you remember, but the last episode you were, you were like, well, the problem with drugs is that they work. Yeah, I mean, they that's do. That's why there's such a... but. It's anyway, true. drugs, drugs can do amazing things in the right doses and they can also I mean, do it's literally like things. what pharmaceutical companies are doing, both good and bad. Yeah. But I mean, pharmaceutical, you got to understand with the pharmaceutical company, their main objective is to make money by selling drugs. Yeah. So whatever slippery slope, whatever the efficacy of that drug is, they want you to take more. They want you to take more. They want you to need more. They want you to spend more more money. Otherwise, they're not making any fucking money. Yeah. They're like, do it once and then see how you feel. And then, you know, sometimes with mushrooms, it's hard to market that. You don't want to be tripping all day. I've tripped for four days one time. Not a fun thing. Not a good time. You eat it all? Huh? I was on other stuff. Though. Oh, like, I'm not. I'm festival. never. I wasn't hungry when I did that because I, you know, I was like maybe like four, three or four hours. Yeah. No, this was acid mushrooms, Molly, uh, Jesus mescaline. Christ, mescaline. Yeah, my buddy Marilyn's Fucking mom, hillbilly. Shout out, Linda. Love you, girl. <laughs> um. Okay. So moving forward, <sighs> we sort of talked about this, but we'll wrap up on it. Um, what's your goal? Just um to get like. Do you have like a big goal, or is it just like, like right now? I just want to get a job. I want to get a job and get comfortable and then see where I feel like how I feel in like a year after doing it. Cause you know, you don't, you get a new job. You have the excitement of like, yeah, this is, I have a job. Yeah. I have a job. I have money coming in. Hooray. You know, and that's all well and good. I was thinking about this while I was moving a mountain this morning. Like that's what he calls pooping. Yeah. But like you get, you, you start to get bitter after a while doing the same thing. And then where it becomes just like a countdown to when you're done doing it. Yeah. You don't look at it as like, okay, well, I get to go do this every day. and It's, it's the same as a relationship. Exactly. Just It is a relationship. It's just a relationship with work. With work, yeah. Yeah. And you, you, over time, it wears on you. But the thing to do <clears throat> to not get that to happen is to, A, keep it interesting and just you know, do, how, do it how you want to do it. Like, don't let people tell you, oh, this is the way you should do this and you should do this different. Be like, well, if, if it's fun, your job, yeah, okay, you should listen job, to your boss. You have certain curriculum that you have to follow or whatever but you don't want to be the person who's just looking to retirement you want to get up and enjoy what you what you have yeah Yeah, the people who yeah it's like enjoy the present that's all you really get exactly you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow so just enjoy what you're doing now and put everything you got into it so you don't have okay so there's no specific plan just get on your feet and live in the moment yeah definitely live in the moment and just enjoy life like People get so caught up with what's going on around them that they forget to enjoy life. Like what's right in front of them. Yeah, like what's, exactly. Don't miss the forest for the trees. That's right. And if you don't slow down and smell the roses every once in a while, that's a great movie. <laughs> uh, closing thoughts. Um, Don't do drugs. They're bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. That's the end of our episode. Thank you for tuning in to the follow-up. Uh, thanks, Tom. Peace out, girls. Love Scott. you. Love you, too. Well, there you go. Tom and his road to recovery and us... 
accidentally talking about how mushrooms maybe aren't that bad, but you know, sobriety is, I don't know, a spectrum. <laughs> um, he's not doing those either, just in case you're like, oh, well, what a fuck am. I, I mean, I don't really care what you're like. I do, like, I'm interested for your opposing viewpoints, but like, I don't know. I'm still annoyed but by when I put out the first one, how people were like, don't you think you should wait till he's like sober and recovered to interview him? And it's like, yeah, no, we should keep not hearing the stories of people who are not all the way there. Anyway, I'm very proud of him. Um, he's come a long way and I'm hopeful that, you know, he figures out kind of where to go with his um, vocational rehab. And I really just hope we find something that kind of ignites a passion in him because I think that's a struggle for all of us. Um, I'm very lucky that I have comedy, that I have this, uh, and I've discovered my passion. You know, I think it takes a lot, some people a long time to even figure out what they really want to do, let alone get up the courage to go for it. So anyways, you know, let's all just, you know, hope he's doing well and I hope you enjoyed that. Um, join the Facebook group if you want to add questions. Um, there's other ways to send them to me, but I think that's the best way to do it. Ignorance is blessed. Hashtag idiots. I'm sorry. Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots on Facebook. Join. Start a conversation. Literally, if you want to talk about something on the podcast, if you're like, if you have sort of what you consider might be like an ignorant thought, you want to share it and see if you're alone in that thought or like get another opinion because you're like, well, you know, everyone says this, but I just don't get it. That doesn't mean that like you're wrong. It just is like a lot of times people are saying things and uh, no one is saying how they really feel uh, that agrees with you and all those people are just quiet or whatever. Um, Or if you just want clarity and you're like, I know that this isn't how I want to feel. Does anyone have any information that might help me make better decisions, be more informed, yada, yada, yada. It's a safe space for unsafe thoughts, basically. is um, you know, no hate speech, but uh, you can share them and just know that it's we all have like ignorant thoughts that pop in our head and it's the place to share them and talk about you know why you feel that way and i don't know just uh get some clarity get get some shit off your chest join it's fun um i'm trying to make it more fun i'm gonna be honest like i don't post enough in there uh and so i feel like people don't feel like they should post but i am willing and ready to join in the conversations i just uh i don't know it's there so come say hi if you like the podcast again subscribe rate review it on iTunes share it with your friends everyone's a little bit ignorant sometimes big big thank you to my league of extraordinary idiots John, Matt, Gene, Greg, Kathy, Terry exclusive members on Patreon you can join and help me keep these episodes of blowing keep me sane I'm not too far from the first goal which means uh, guaranteed weekly episodes which if you've been following uh, has not been the case for the last couple weeks so get in there Get your, you know, for $10 a month, you can get postcards from me on the road and uh, access to exclusive bonus content. And um, League of Extraordinary Edits is $25 a month and we have monthly Google Hangs. I'm going to change it from Google Hangs though. If anyone has any fucking information on the best way to live stream to a small private group, for God's sake, please let me know because I have been trying and it's always, there's always technical difficulties and I know some of it's probably user error, but anyway, we're gearing up to do like uh a bunch of them this month because I had to miss a couple from road shit and being um, a stress case. Huh. Anyway, patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed if you want to get it on that. At Blessed Podcast on Twitter, ignorance is blessed on uh, Instagram, which uh, is a good way to put a face to the voices that you are hearing on my podcast. Not in your head, but if you want to use anyone's uh, picture to um, personify a voice in your head, by all means, go ahead, I suppose. 
Uh, yeah, please keep in mind that no guest is or claims to be a representative for every person who has a similar identity. They're just one person sharing their own experience and ideas to help us get a peek at how things look from their situated position in the world. If you have additional questions about any guest or a topic you'd like to hear covered or someone specific you'd like to be interviewed, say it in the Facebook group. Find me uh, online. Message my Facebook fan page. And I will do my best to deliver what I can. Keep asking those questions because the more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. And isn't that the point? That's the quote on the back of the Planifesto, by the way. Ha ha! And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Thanks for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots. is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.